Riding Around is an improvised recap of a sitcom that never existed. Enjoy! I'm Kelly Quinn. And I'm Malin Von Euler-Hogan. We met as actors on the hit early 2000s sitcom Riding Around, the first network comedy ever to be filmed entirely on... And around... A bus. And we're still pretty good friends. And now we're doing the official Riding Around fan podcast. Each week, we'll talk about an episode of the show and bring you interviews, fun facts, and behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were on the bus can tell you. Come ride around with us. Well, hi, Kelly. How are you? Malin, I'm doing well. How are you? Really, really good. Thank you for asking. And thank you for looking over that email draft I sent you. Just to remind everyone, I owe Tova a follow-up email, and Mm -hmm. I've just been sitting on it for too long, and Kelly very kindly agreed to take a look at my draft. And you were right. It was way too long. Way too long. So cut out some paragraphs. I hit send, and it's in God and Tova's hands now. Right. Well, You know how much I think of your writing ability. You are a true wordsmith. But as you said, yeah, multiple paragraphs being cut. I think that was the right call because we know she's a busy lady, right? And doesn't seem to love reading. She mentioned it often actually hurts her eyes physically to read. So better to keep it short and sweet, which I think you did. Yes, just perfect guidance from you as always. Now, how are you guys gearing up for Thanksgiving? Because that's later this week. Well, we're just going to do a little quiet one at home in New York City with me, the girls and Derek. Yeah. So I'll be cooking. I'll be doing my signature basted turkey. And, um, you know, a lot of people base their turkeys. I do a little something different. Oh, you know, maybe I'll put the recipe in the episode notes. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. Make Kelly's basted turkey. That's fun. So I do that and the girls love it. They're gobbling, gobbling and no turkey trot or anything. I think the oh. you know the race, the having done the race with Seth is a little bit of a sore spot with Derek right now. So I, I better not bring up races at all oh. and sort of let that pass. Oh, he was upset? He just, you know, I think he's curious, as you pointed out, I think um, he's curious about the nature of the relationship and it's all stayed completely above board as far as I'm concerned, but you know, we just won't do a turkey trot. Understood. I'm tapping my nose. Yeah. For people can't (laughs) see what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of holidays, Mm -hmm. this episode we're talking about today features one I'm a pretty big fan of, as we've discussed on the podcast before. This is our first Christmas episode that we ever got to do on Riding Around. And joining us today to discuss this episode, we're so excited to have her, our wonderful wardrobe supervisor from Riding Around, Mary Kotak. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, Mary, what a treat to see you. You're looking fashionable, as always. Thank you. Thank you. It is my job. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Well, you know, and we'll get into it, but you didn't always let me look as fashionable as I might have liked. I'll just say that. Sure. Well, you know, characters being what characters are, you know, I have to stay true to the script. But I always thought you looked in character. And thank you for that. Yes. No, you, you honestly played a huge role in helping me get into the headspace I needed to be in for Marsha. Mm-hmm. I owe a lot of that to you because, yeah, I put on those kind of ugly cardigans that you loved so much mm-hmm. and I transformed to a small town wannabe politician. I mean, you made it happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, and again, we'll get into all of that. Oh, I can't wait. Kelly and I were trying to remember when the last time we saw each other right. was. Right. What would that have been? You know what? Ironic that this is 
the holiday episode because I do believe it was the final season's holiday party that was the last time I saw you guys. Oh my gosh, yeah. that was so fun. Yes. Yes. At the Steakhouse, I believe. It's called the Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. deep in the heart of the Hollywood Hills. It, beautiful, beautiful place. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful steak too, if I may say so. And you did that whole night. You were really, really on and on about the steak. And I thought, wow, I don't think I've ever heard more than five words out of Mary's mouth that are not about clothing, wardrobe, sizing, accessories. Mm-hmm. And now here she is. And and I guess it's steak. That's that's what gets her to open up. You know, my number one love and passion in life has always been clothes and fashion, obviously. And then number two has been steak. <laughs> but not any type of beef, just steak. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I don't okay. like a burger. I don't, that does nothing for me. Right. I don't like a meatball per- Per se. Oh no. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It has to be steak. Interesting. And how do you take it? Medium? Rare? I like it pink. Okay. Like my heart. You know? A true steak lovers. Mm-hmm. See right there. You think visually about everything. I love mm-hmm. that. I don't even think about what my heart looks like. And here you are just assigning a color to it. Oh, I like to think about my heart. I like to think about what she would wear, what she looks like, how she would go to her own steakhouse and order her own steak. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. Well, that Christmas party was fun. And I have to say, I loved all the Christmases we spent with riding around because we kind of got to do double, right? We would shoot our Christmas episode Mm -hmm. and then eventually we would get to that time of year and get to do a Christmas party. So we kind of got double the fun. Double Christmas, which for Malin is the greatest gift a person (laughs) could have. That's true. I mean, who doesn't love a Christmas? You know, you get all that steak. Mary, there's some people that, well, one, don't get to have steak on their Christmases. It's not Um, a tradition for everyone. I'm glad it was for us. mm -hmm. Some people out there don't actually care for this holiday, if you can believe it. I absolutely cannot. And I absolutely cannot believe that some people don't have steak with their Christmases. I know. I know. Some people do like poultry, you know, turkey, Christmas ham. Sometimes you'll hear about duck. Oh, yep. Mm hmm. Yeah, I guess for those people, I just wish I could do... um, Are you guys familiar with the Operation Shoebox? I am, yes. I am not. Oh, it's you give gifts to children in need. That's lovely. I haven't researched the charity. I don't know if they're good or not. I know that's their basic ethos, what they do. In any case, I would like to do that with steak to people who don't get steak on Christmases. Yeah, fill a box with some steak and Mm -hmm. wrap it up real nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. You love this stuff. You are not joking. So, okay. So it was at this Christmas party then that we saw each other mm-hmm. and it was, that was such a nice little tradition, you know, and I'm curious how it was for you, Mary, to have had showrunner Diana Bones as a um, boss, as a supervisor, but for us, you know, really just always led the way tonally in terms of, yep, this bus is a family. We're having a family holiday party every year. And it happened and, you know, really always was very consistent in that way. Yeah, Diana was always very hands-on, but in a very poetic way, I should say. Like, she Mm. would tell me, oh, she wouldn't tell me, like, this sweater, the color's not right, for example. She would be like, this sweater, it doesn't fit with the mood of the scene. And then Mm. I would interpret that and try to find a different sweater that might fit the mood of the scene. Right. And sometimes this process would go on for days between you two and you're showing her, uh, some, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I think hundreds of sweaters and oh, she's yes. still mm-hmm. not feeling the right mood. Was that frustrating or just kind of that's the job? Well, I do love clothes, so I don't mind going shopping and finding new things to show Diana. But yeah, occasionally, especially on the longer, the days that I 
did not nail it quite. It did get quite frustrating because sometimes it would go even for weeks where, you know, it doesn't fit the mood. It doesn't fit the mood. And she wouldn't really ever say anything outside of that. You know, mm, she would okay. just tell me it doesn't fit the mood and then leave. Tough. Interesting. But, yeah. You know, you yourself always did such an excellent job, I think, of interpreting the hidden meaning behind those words. And I just have to say, I've worked on sets since riding around and you are the most gifted, you know, a lot of wardrobe people will go shopping for an outfit, put it together, style it, and that's it. You were stitching and sewing where need. I mean, you're a real couturier. And I was wondering if you could Mm. tell us a little bit about your background and and how you came to, to learn those skills. Sure. Yes. Well, you know, I was always a very experimental child. Some might have called me weird growing (laughs) up, but you know, I love to, you know, maybe sew bandanas together. You know, okay, and then wear that as a top, say, and, you know, always experimenting. I was always quite oh, wow. cold though, because you know, I didn't know how to sure, sew. Sure, well, that's so. not a lot of fabric. Yeah, no, right. it is. I mean, I was a child, so I was quite small. Okay, but you know, just through trial and error, I would learn what patterns go together, what stitches to do to make a garment really sing, and eventually, I started my own YouTube channel called Fashion that's Fashion right. Fashion. Yes. Uh, And that Mm -hmm. is where our lovely line producer discovered me and asked me to interview for the position. So I did. Oh, incredible. That is the power of the internet. I love that. Wow. I started it, you know, just from a love of fashion and ended it with a job. Best case scenario. Yeah. I mean, this was early days of YouTube. In there with Lorenz Cook with his poop on my shoe, the viral video that got him hired on the show. Right. And your Lonely Island stuff. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's... It's those two and fashion, fashion, fashion. And mm-hmm. I still subscribe to this day. I got to say, Mary, I wish you would post a little more, right? I know <laughs> oh, you're yeah. so busy. Updates. Yeah, I'm very busy. Yeah, I wish I had more time for it because it was really my first, first love. I was a little young when I was hired. So I was like very aware of, you know, YouTube, the internet, Facebook, you know, so really on the cutting edge of all those things. So mm-hmm. I was able to get in early and really uh, carve a place for myself there. Right, totally. And I'm so glad that you did because, I mean, just look at this episode as an example. Everyone in the show looks pitch perfect for their Mm -hmm. characters. Maybe we should take this opportunity to read the synopsis for the episode. Oh, yeah. Let's go ahead and do that. Tom decides to turn the bus into a Christmas party on wheels as the holidays near, and things come to a head when he and Lily find themselves standing under a certain plant, having had a bit too much eggnog. Meanwhile, Sylvia can't decide what to ask for from Santa this year. Wow. I I had a blast watching this last night, I'll say. Really, really got me in the holiday spirit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the feathers. I One note I have for it, and I'm not a writer. I'm not a director. I just do clothes, but I just sure. wish there were more steak. Yeah, there, there was no meal in this episode at all, actually. A little mm-hmm. um, passed around, you know, hors d'oeuvre situation, but mm-hmm. no right. big meal, which, yeah, could have been nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the, okay. So you think even watching this back, you wish, I I wish there had been more steak. Do you remember being bothered on set as we were filming saying that there was no steak or was that, that was fine for you then? And no, I was very bothered back then. And in fact, I remember pulling Diana aside and I never do this. I never do this, but I pulled Diana aside and I said, don't you think it would be a little more traditional if we had some steak? on the bus Mm. for this episode. And unfortunately, she told me it didn't fit the mood. It didn't fit the mood. So I I did have to move on. Okay. Well, now, Mary, I don't want to be confrontational, but I will say there's one other time that I know you pulled Diana Bones aside and it was regarding 
me wanting to take a gorgeous brooch Mm -hmm. from set Mm -hmm. that I had gotten to wear in an episode that I really loved. And you were not having that. You said, no, if I let one person break the rule, I have to let every person break the rule. And then the show's wardrobe budget is through the ceiling. And I think Of course, now I understand that. But at the time, I was like, why can't she just let me have this? And I was very upset. I don't know if you remember that that discussion that we had. I do remember that. And I I have to say, I don't apologize for my actions. I do apologize that it made you upset. Some people might not know, but on sets, there are security guards. And... Mm. The security guard who was my friend, my buddy, would let me take extra food from Crafty, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had just quit. And the new security guard, I didn't know him yet. And I didn't want to get in trouble if you walked out, you know, said that it was, oh, Mary said it was okay. Mary said it was okay. And then suddenly I'm in trouble with the new security guy. And suddenly I can't get more Crafty anymore. So, you know, it's just like a big snowball that would have led me to a lot of trouble, which is why I made the decision that I did. I understand. Yeah, sets are such delicate ecosystems. And mm-hmm. I've, you know, I forgive you. And, and truthfully, I'm a little embarrassed now that I put you in that position at all. But I gotta say my eyes lit up when I saw the thing I was like the little goblin from Lord of the Rings with that ring. <laughs> Just, l- I, I need to have it, you know. <laughs> And that's the fashion, fashion, fashion bug inside you. You know, you just love fashion and that's great. And I wish I could have fostered that in a non-criminal way, you know? Sure. Yeah. Well, I do think, Kelly, you know, you dress really well now. And I don't know whether that's anything to do with Mary's influence and what she had you in and the show. But I feel like there was kind of a shift in your style. When I first met you, you dressed a certain way. And then after the show, I don't know, had a bit of a different look. I would... I've never consciously put this together before, Mullen, but I think you're absolutely right that a lot of my evolution and personal style is down to you, Mary, for your <gasps> your guidance and showing me how to dress. You know, before I was wearing a lot of lands and button downs, a lot oh, of sort of yeah. heavier, boxy things that were very uh-huh. flattering. And then you showed me how to dress, you know, to accentuate my curves and mm-hmm. to accentuate my feminine features. And I, I found that I really enjoyed that. And that's something that I've kept kept up until this very day. And I love that. I'm so grateful that I had that kind of effect on you because I just want all people to love fashion and steak in the same way that I do. It's so easy, I think, to wear something that makes you feel better because that's all fashion is at the end of the day. Throw on a brooch, you know, if 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 you're feeling frumpy, throw on a brooch. You never know how that'll light up your day or a belt even or a scarf. Oh, wow. I rarely wear any of those things. I got to... Got to re- rethink some things. Well, let me ask you, Malin, how, how do you feel throughout the day? Oh, gosh. I mean, I guess it depends on on the day, but I'm typically, you know, in my in my jeans and maybe, a you know, it's getting a little cooler. So maybe mm-hmm. I'll throw on a, a sweater or something, um, mm-hmm. a pullover. And I guess I'm not doing a lot with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds to me like maybe you're in a rut. Maybe you need mm-hmm. some sparkle. Maybe uh. you need a scarf. Or even two bandanas sewn together. And maybe that'll bring a little Ugh. more joy. Okay, you know, I'm going to try that. I'm going, uh, yeah. I Because I do feel like I kind of am in the same, I have a bit of a uniform, I guess. I'm one of those. I'm a Steve Jobs in that way. Mm-hmm. And adding a little something, yeah. And also, what'll be nice is it'll remind me of you, Mary. Oh. That'll be fun. Oh, I love to sneak into your day, you know. <laughs> and you always did. Listen, I have always thought that the job of a wardrobe person is so interesting because you're often having to go into these stores. Do they know 
what your job is? Are you trying to keep it a secret from the people working at an Ann Taylor Loft or how does how does that process go? Well, I try to keep it a secret for as long as possible. I might wear something over my hair or sunglasses, you know, to look a little more incognito, as they say. But it's hard because when you're shopping for a show, you're typically buying quite a bit of stuff, mm-hmm. quite a bit mm-hmm. of clothes. So, you know, they're like, oh, are you, you know, given some gifts this year? And you're like, no, you know, you try to act coy about it. But yeah, you just don't want them, you know, clamoring for the autographs of the stars because, you know, I mm-hmm. can't get it to every store associate unfortunately as much as I want that as as much as I wanted to you know so people would ask if they found out what show you were working for they'd ask you for autographs from from us yeah whose autographs did they want well you know no one ever asked you know oh, okay because I did keep it a secret um, right right but right. my assumption is they would be clamoring you know because you know how celebrity is it's contagious uh, everyone goes a little we. wild <laughs> yes yes but I yes, assume yes. if they did they might if they were let's say a TV connoisseur they might want Diana's autograph for example or perhaps oh, well, Gus's autograph she doesn't autograph. play a character oh sure sure yeah Gus right mm-hmm. yeah yeah Gus certainly it would would be asked the most mm-hmm yeah, then maybe Harvey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe him because he had that that wave of magazine covers and, you know, the paparazzi and Andrea probably once, you know, mm. Lily and Tom got together, she's mm-hmm. now one half of a very beloved couple. Um mm. mm-hmm. yeah, so that's probably top three. But then I would say Mal and you and I are probably Yeah, we're probably right, after that. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I think, so. yeah. I think so. We didn't feature too heavily in this episode, but I couldn't help but notice our costumes we were wearing. I thought you did a really, really fun job here, Mary. We were kind of in a little coordinated outfit, uh, Mm -hmm. Kelly and I, or I should say Jackie and Marsha. Was that intentional? Did you often try to, you know, make characters who were friends dress similar? Or what's the thinking behind dressing an episode like this? Sometimes I like to put characters on sides, you know, similar to, Mm. let's say, a basketball game or a war. You know, I like to make Mm -hmm. sure that it's very clear (laughs) to the audience who are allies and who are enemies. So Uh oftentimes I like to coordinate characters so that people know what side they're on. Got it. Yeah, I could really tell we were friends because Mm -hmm. I had the little cardigan with the snowman on it. And then Kelly had that just, I think you were wearing a chic sort of black number, but then you had that scarf of blue with snow on it. And Mm -hmm. it was like, ah, the wintry blue girls are over here. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It was sort of like winter versus nature, like, you know, sky versus ground. That Mm -hmm. was kind of the concept going in. Wow. wow. And I didn't even watch with through that lens. I'm going to have to rewatch tonight, I think, and see all all of the people that you paired together cuz that I'm thinking Tom and Lily, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. They finally kiss in this episode. I mean, it's it's a a nice chaste one because mm-hmm. remember she still has to end things with her fiance. Mm-hmm. But they do finally come together and I yeah, I'm Sorry, remind me what they're wearing. Uh, Well, what I did was I took a wreath, a fake wreath, which is a little uncomfortable to wear. But, you know, we we take it off between takes, so it's not Mm -hmm. too bad. Um, But we fashioned that as a sort of scarf, you know, to be super festive. Mm -hmm. Because as I said, it's winter sky versus ground. Um, So she was wearing Mm -hmm. like a green velvet dress and we had a brown suit to correspond with that Mm -hmm. with a little um, 
tie pin that had a little leaf on it you know it was very right. very cutesy um so, so in they, the classic dichotomy they're ground yes yes okay. yes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i this wasn't in the script but i think it was because those who were playing winter were maybe a little you know resentful of their happiness you know resentful mm-hmm. of like what they had um so that's the war slash basketball game i was thinking wow you're thinking of all this stuff on just another level mm-hmm. than the rest of us that's so interesting and i do remember now you getting into a little bit of conflict with our hair and makeup person, Kevin Concealer, on the show mm-hmm. because, I mean, that the wreath you were using, it was scratchy and mm-hmm. it was really scratching up Andrea's neck. And her hair. I feel mm-hmm. like Kevin kept having to redo that like top knot that she had going on. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Kevin and I are great friends, I should say. We love each other. Oh, absolutely. Yes, we love Kevin. Um, But we, yes, he did spend an extra hour or three on concealer just around her neck area to cover Mm -hmm. the scratches, the the minor bruises, nothing major. And Mm -hmm. the hair, yeah, well, I don't want to, I don't want to spread rumors, but I did suggest that she wear a wig because those are easier to, um, those are a little easier to manage. But Kevin was... He wanted to use her real hair. So, you know, I won't ever, ever step on another artist's art. I'll let them do what they want. But I think a wig would have been a better choice. Yeah, you sure. might be right about that. Yeah. Well, well, we should have him back on at some point. Maybe both of you and we can uh, duke it out, you know, for the uh, fans. I think they'd friends, like that. We're friends. We're friends. We're friends, you know. Of course. Of course. But this isn't the only time you two clashed, you know. No, no. I'm sorry two to say Two very opinionated people. And rightly so, you know, yes. both experts in your field. Experts in our field and also apparently experts in the other's field, you know. So oh. <laughs> it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. We were, we were friends. We love each other. We're truly best friends. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. You know, I also really appreciated you did what you did with my daughter Sylvia's mm-hmm. outfit in this episode, watching back for the first time in years. It was so fun. Is it, you know, the little um, headband with mm-hmm. the reindeer antlers coming mm-hmm. out of it. So cute. Um, yeah, really cute. And she really went to town on that look and you know, was sort of wiggling them and make, making him move back and forth. And it's just a really cute, really wholesome, cute costume and a wholesome cute episode it was so nice to watch back i feel like the antlers just helped her get into character and i just i wanted to point out that actually i made that choice specifically because you know dressing up is not a christmas thing it's a halloween thing we don't normally wear costumes on christmas that's right but I felt it was appropriate in this instance because to me, she was the bridge between winter and the ground, you know, the, the sky oh. and the ground. She's the one that stands on the ground into the sky and right. heals the basketball game slash war. As a reindeer. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, this storytelling is incredible. What oh, you have you. just under the surface and. I guess I can tell, you know, from watching how good it is, but it's so fascinating to hear what's in your process behind it all. Yeah, well, the job of the wardrobe person is to, you know, push the story forward without too heavy of a hand, you know, mm-hmm. a slight shove, as it were. Did you find it challenging? So as we all know, the seats on the bus were a pretty ugly color, mm-hmm. that sort of burnt orange. Some pe- Look, some people love this color. <laughs> Yeah. For me, it was tough with my hair. Mm-hmm. Did you find it tough dressing everyone to match or not match the seat color? I mean, that's... Right. How much do the seats factor in? Yeah. The seats factored in a lot. And in fact, I never do this. I never, never, never do this. But I did at one point pull aside Diana Bones and I was like, we got to do something about these seats. Um, it's just too much. It's too distracting. Um, mm. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not a director. I don't, you know, I don't 
dabble in set design at all. Diana was pretty insistent that it did fit the mood, so we did keep those seats. And so, unfortunately, a lot of warm tones were just out of the question. Mm. We had to stick to cooler tones, um, which isn't... There's not a whole lot of... I mean, there is a lot of variation, but, like, you know, you do so many seasons, and suddenly, how many shades of blues and greens can you do, you know? But I did try one time... I don't know if you guys remember... I did try to put a couple of you guys in yellow and the ratings just like we got Mm. feedback right away that it like was hard to it was physically hard to watch. Yeah. Which is hard for me to hear. It was was really it was really difficult. I'm sorry you had to go through that. I feel like as actors, we were maybe shielded from some of those reactions because they Mm -hmm. didn't want us. They knew, you know, we're sensitive. We would take that really, really personally. And even just hearing it now to hear that. People didn't like seeing yellow on me as a little, ah, it's a little tough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was very challenging, but at the end of the day, it was my responsibility, and I I thought maybe once we could sneak in a little yellow, but uh, the, our mm. audience was too smart for that. Mm. Well, it's tough. You make a choice to have orange seats at the beginning of a show, and you can never change it. Right. Yeah. I have a question for you, Mary. Mm-hmm. Are you, I know... Your channel fashion, fashion, fashion was wildly mm-hmm. popular. But are you self-taught? Did you study fashion at any point formally in school? Well, this is funny. As I mentioned before, I'm pretty young, you know, for someone mm-hmm. in my profession. And that's sure. because when I was discovered by our line producer, I was actually still in high school. No <gasps> way. Yeah, you know, kind you of. You are um, not serious. I Well, I was towards the end, so it wasn't, you know, it, I wasn't too young. But uh, it was sort of a Mila Kunis situation where I had to lie mm-hmm. a little bit that mm-hmm. first year um, just to get through the day, get through the season. Um, That's so funny. We were just talking about Mila Kunis in our last episode. Mm, yeah. She's on and the mind. And what a sweetie she is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know her, but I I love her because of how she relates to my own life um, mm. in this one small way. Uh, but yeah, so I, I did. I was self-taught. As I said, I would like sew my own clothes. Right, um, right. You know, I was but then you never followed that up with any sort of formal education, not the FIT or any any just just in there and then working professionally and that was been it. Well, you know, I just haven't had time because after riding along to Gop, my career did as well, you know, just been working, working, working. And that's why I haven't been able wow. to get any professional uh, training experience. But I found that it's fine mostly. I mean, sure, you know, a seam will tear every once in a while, but it's not, mm. it's not huge. It's film so we can cut, I can fix it. Right. And as you said, Kelly, you often saw me sewing and in, in the wardrobe shop and that's because mm-hmm. I I was still learning, so it took me so long. <laughs> you know, I was just always trying to fix things. I mean, so impressive to see you do it, though, just because I don't really have that sort of crafty. Mm. Th- it just doesn't It doesn't look right when I try. Same. But- and I just love that we're hearing this, too, because I think a lot of people think the job's shopping. But it's not. It's, it's more not, than that. Mm-hmm. It's way more than that. It's not just shopping. It's not just shopping mm-hmm. because you shop for things and things don't fit the same way. You know, mm-hmm. mass production being what it is, it's you, you got to totally. make alterations to mm-hmm. have clothes fit correctly. And what do you say to people that would proffer that people riding a bus in Bristol, Virginia probably aren't getting everything tailored you know, honestly, we did get people to saying that quite a bit. And I always pushed back and I said, people deserve to have clothes that make them look good, no matter where they are, no matter what transportation they're using. My job is to 
A, dress people in the mood of the show. B, make sure they are in character in their wardrobe. Mm -hmm. And C, make sure they feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I certainly always felt good. And I did appreciate that you let me wear some kind of fancier things that maybe Mm -hmm. my character would have actually worn in in the Mm -hmm. real world. So... Thank you for that. You wouldn't let me take any of it home, but I appreciate getting to wear it uh, while we were acting. Well, TV is a fantasy. You know, we have to live up to our fantasies. We have a listener question for you, Mary. Oh, my gosh. Someone sent one in. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. And it sounds like from someone you maybe know. (gasps) So, yeah, we'll have our sound engineer play that real quick. Oh, hi, Mary. I bet you never thought you'd hear my voice again. Well, guess what? I'm back. And I'm going to tell everyone what really happened that day. You know the day I'm talking about. The day all the feather boas just mysteriously disappeared from set. (laughs) I never signed the non-disclosure agreement. And I happen to have the email address of a very important intern at TMZ. And (laughs) yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to want to hear about this. So your move, Mary, if that's even your real name. Wow. Yeah, that's some serious accusations of something. Right. I can't really uh, tell what is being accused here. I do just have to say, gosh, this is not the first time that we have had a guest sneak a complaint through our email system with a specific guest, and then we play it on the air. And I'm so sorry, we can, of course, delete all of this. No, 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 no. I, I want everyone to hear this. I want everyone to hear this. This is really important because I feel like my name has been pulled through the mud. There has been slander. There has been name calling. It, it, it has to stop. It, I'm, and I'm sorry for getting worked up like this. No, no. But I'm very aware of the day. This person who shall not be named is speaking of the day the feather boas went missing. And I don't know if you guys remember this or, if, you know, in your trailers, you're off in a different world. You don't really notice, but... Right. We're so separate from so much of the action, which is such a bummer because then you miss it. I mean, it sounds like this was very juicy. It was horrible. And all I can say is I still don't know where those feather boas are. Now, now, was that a part of the Mardi Gras episode that we did? These were costumes for that? Or am I... Th- I'm trying to think of other yeah, times. I can't that- remember when else we had boas. Is it that was. Right? Yes, it was. It was. We okay. had the beads and the boas, you know, was what mm-hmm. I called the episode anyway. Right. That was, mm-hmm. that was your sort of sky and ground theme for that? Yes. Was bead people Be- and boa people? And yes, yeah. yes. Mm. Uh, I'm so glad my artistry is being recognized right now, but it's in such a difficult situation. I'm never going to watch TV the same way again, by the way. I'm always going to be thinking, okay, who's supposed to be the sky well, here? The who's teams. the ground? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Who's the war? Yeah. Yeah, who's the war against? What are they fighting for? What team is everyone right. on? <gasps> okay, and, so you did not steal any boas, it sounds like. This person sounds crazy. Of course not. And I mean, look at what I did to Kelly. I would not let her take a brooch. How, I, I would never steal boas. Right. You know, no. whether it was my friend Jeremy as the security guard or this the new guy who whose name I never learned because, frankly, mm-hmm. he was he was a little scary. He was a little intimidating because he, he, he just didn't want to talk to me the way that Jeremy did. Jeremy and I always talked about everything, you know? But, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it, 
I don't even think Jeremy did it. And Jeremy shouldn't have gotten fired is all I'll say. He shouldn't have gotten fired. I just think there needs to be a fuller investigation when I, and I never, I never, I never pull aside executive producers or directors or anyone. But when this happened, I did have to pull aside Diana Bones and be like, mm. I, I need you to do an investigation on this. Yeah. And, and. She said that, you know, there frankly wasn't enough time that it was okay that feather boas cost a dollar at Party City, which, yes, mm. they do. But also, it's not the point. The point is the integrity of who stole it. Can I just ask, I don't want to gossip unnecessarily, but who do you think this is? This is not a voice I recognize, but, you know, as actors, we do meet so many people. And at a certain point, you know, people on set, I don't mean to sound rude, but this sort of wash over you because you're like, well, you're not another actor. So how much of my time and attention do I have to give you? So I can't, but I can't put a name to that voice at all. No, me neither. And you don't have to say who it is exactly, but maybe their right. job. Like would, PA? Or just curious. A, is it an old, a former assistant or something? It definitely uh, sounds like someone who knows you really well. Yes. And for them to bring up my name is especially ugly of them. And I don't, uh, I would never throw their name under the bus, so to speak. I would <laughs> never do that. But I will say that there was a season, perhaps when the Mardi Gras episode aired or was shooting, both, I suppose, where I had an assistant who was very sneaky. Also, she was mm-hmm. she was very sneaky, and okay, I don't want to yes. give any more away than that because honestly, like this is something that she needs to own up to, that yeah. she needs to take accountability for. But all. I will say is that I had nothing to do with the boas and I don't know what happened to them. I have my suspicions that maybe she took them. I just don't I just don't know. I just don't know what she thinks she's accomplishing with a voicemail like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clearly trying to upset you, I think. Mm-hmm. And we're sorry for letting that through. We were just excited that it was a question for you specifically. We thought, oh, this right. is fun. Like, it sounds like she knows Mary. Right. We've got to start listening to the whole thing. And she doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't know me at all. And uh, sorry, Mary, I can tell this is a bit of a sore mm-hmm. subject, but is Mary not your name? Mary is a nickname. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, if there's something else we should <laughs> yeah, be calling that's... you, we're happy to do no, it. No, no, no. I, I prefer the name Mary, but it is not my legal name, no. <sighs> My legal name is Mary Golda. Oh, that's beautiful. I love yeah, that. It's lovely. Oh, thank Golda. you so much for saying that. But it's just it's just so long and people, you know, it's so hard for people to say because it's so long. People get tired while saying it. I don't know. It's so, four syllables. It's only half. The, Mary's just chopping it in half, but it's not really. I, I wouldn't. You know, yeah. I think if you want to go by Mary Golda, go by Mary Golda. No, and no, people, no, 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 you know. it's too long. It's simply too long. It's too mm-hmm. long. Well, I'm sorry that your former assistant chose to make you feel bad about that today because right. nicknames are a completely accepted thing in society. Even people, I mean, we know a lot of people in Hollywood who straight up change their names mm-hmm. for, you know, ease of entry into the industry. So mm-hmm. I don't think you should feel shame about this at all. Both names are beautiful. And we're happy to call you whatever you'd like to be called, Mary. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I'm sorry. Once again, I'm sorry for getting so upset. It's just it's just a sore subject for me. Obviously, there was a lot of drama about the bows at the time. And I'm just a very honest person who would never let anyone take anything off of the set without permission. Yeah. You know, as yes. you guys know. We do. Don't we know it? Don't right. we know and it? And now knowing, you know, all of this was going on behind the scenes, I think I just feel I have even more respect for your integrity and the battles you waged on a daily basis with against 
theft and supporting your own vision. Yeah. If we could end on a happy note, I thought maybe mm-hmm. Kelly and I could both tell you our favorite outfits you ever put us in. Oh. Mm-hmm. Just to end on a high note here. Mm-hmm. I would love that. Yeah, mine would be the season five bus fundraiser episode. Of course, I'm sure you remember as the city is looking to pull funding from the public transportation system. We all, you know, we, we put together an event. We're going to raise money and save the bus. And you had me in a Calvin Klein pantsuit for that. Mm-hmm that I still dream about. And, you know, that pantsuit, while it was not, it's not super material to the storyline because you can wear anything to a fundraiser. I felt so powerful in it. I felt womanly, but also strong. I I loved that piece. And, (sighs) you know, still I'm looking around. I'm always on Etsy on the vintage sites to see if I can find this and uh, bring it home with me. I remember that suit well. I remember that episode well. It was suits versus sweaters was the theme of that one. Uh, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you wore that suit. You wore the hell out of that suit, I'll say. Oh, thank you. You really did. Kind. And this is embarrassing to say. I'm being a bit of a copycat here, but mm-hmm. my favorite was also a pantsuit that you put oh. me in, Mary. Yeah, in season seven when my character finally wins her election mm-hmm. and she gives that talk, that speech. I am wearing sort of a a burgundy, I guess you would call it, mm-hmm. uh, pantsuit that, um, yeah, wow. I mean, Kelly said it all. Just it, it is how you feel in a nice pantsuit. You feel powerful, womanly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still remember the the way that the color of your hair played against the color mm-hmm. of the suit. I mean, it was like, mwah, chef's kiss. It was kiss. my color. And Mary, you, you saw that. You made that happen. Oh, and I can't thank, thank you. you enough. I begged you to let me take that home. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> and you wouldn't. And I said, I'll buy it off you. And you still uh, wouldn't let me. No. And, um, and But I do thank you for making me feel so powerful and beautiful in that episode. You looked great that episode. You looked so much in character. Your character felt so powerful and great. And let me just say that suit in particular was very controversial because it's a little warm. It's still cool, but a little warm. So uh, I really mm-hmm. did have to fight to get that suit on. But I'm so oh. glad it did. Bless you for doing that. Mm-hmm. And Mary, before we let you go, just got to ask, is there anything that you would like to plug to our army of listeners? Oh, yes. I mean, I said yes, but no, because I don't <laughs> I'm not doing anything right now. So I don't have any new blog episodes out. Um, however, I do very much like this improv comedy troupe in Los Angeles. Um, they perform at UCB. Their name is Pony. Um, so you can find them by going to the UCB website and looking them up. And on this team, there's, I mean, I love everyone on this team. I got to say, I'm big, big fan. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so sweet. I didn't know you were into improv. Oh, yeah. Oh, just, I'm not very much into improv, just this one very specific improv team. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. And then on this team, I like this young woman, I'll say. Uh, I mean, I'm quite young, um, but, you know, she, right, I guess right. you could also call her young. Um, but mm-hmm. her name is Kathy Yamamoto. Um, and you can find her on Instagram at Kathy Alma Farted. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see what she's got going on that Instagram page. Yeah. Oh, I don't think it's very follow. much. But sometimes, sometimes there's something there. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mary. Thank you, Mary. Oh, thank you, guys. It was so nice to see you guys. So oh, good great to chatting up. with you. And yeah, if we can ever, we should go shopping together sometime, yes, you know, yes. to pick your brain oh, for style advice. I would love to take and... you shopping. We can grab a steak, go shopping. It'll be a grand old time. <laughs> yeah. Let's get a steak. 
Thank you so much to all of our listeners. Thank you also to Kelsey Bailey for our logo and to John Purcell for our theme music and for mixing the show. You can follow us at Riding Around Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And send your thoughts and questions to our email address, ridingaroundpod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate us, and review us anywhere you find your podcasts. And if you leave your favorite Riding Around memory in your review, we'll read it in an upcoming show. Come back and join us next week. We'll have another great episode for you that you won't want to miss. See you then. Hi, guys.